Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So, when it comes to underrated sequels, what do you think of? A couple movies actually spring to mind with me. And one of those would be like Blair Witch Project 2. I guess if you really want to consider it a sequel, even though it's a prequel, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, a whole bunch of these movies are actually better than what we remember them to be. And a lot of times if we go back and rewatch these without watching the original film, we may have a little bit of a greater appreciation for it. I know probably one of the most divisive ones that I mentioned here was Blair Witch Project 2. I actually prefer that over the first because I felt like we actually got a half decent movie there and I enjoyed the way that it kind of took what the first one did and it did something completely different. And that's kind of what leads me to think about this one here. And that is Gremlins 2, The New Batch. That's right, it took them six years later to create a whole new batch of gremlins, which reminds me of baking a batch of cookies, even though these are gremlins. Whatever, I'm not going to think about it too much. This one here takes place in New York, and, well, Billy is a fairly successful, or, well, not so successful artist and conceptual artist for the Clamp Enterprises, which kind of reminds me of something like a Donald Trump, like Trump Tower type of thing. And the Clamp Entertainment Company wants to go and redevelop New York City. And one of those places is Chinatown. Mr. Wing, the shop owner from the original Gremlins film, he does not want to sell out. And he is the lone holdout for this development. He winds up passing away and, well, Gizmo is off to fend for himself. Gets taken in by two scientists who, who want to perform some experiments on Gizmo. And, well, it just so happens that this is all being done at the Clamp building. So, as you can guess, Gizmo would get reunited with Billy and Kate from the first film very quickly. One of the things I admire most about this movie, not so much the plot, the fact that Joe Dante goes a complete opposite direction of the first film. The first Gremlins film was more or less a horror comedy. And with Gremlins 2, he goes for just straight up comedy. And it's almost a satirical look at workplace comedy a little bit, especially in the beginning. And then also how some of these big CEOs and whatnot are pretty inept and out of touch with the general public and average work person. I'd even go so far to say that this one here is even a parody of the first movie. For example, one part that I really enjoy is the fact that Phoebe Cates, with her Kate character, she goes and decides to break up the action once again in Gremlins 2 and tell a traumatic story from her childhood this time about Abraham Lincoln, and I believe it was President's Day that she was talking about, but either way, it's very funny how she goes and decides to just have her little monologue, and everybody stops her because it's definitely not the appropriate time to be talking about such things, considering all hell broke loose throughout the Clamp building. To me, that's a prime example of what this movie set out to do and with its parodying of the first film. 
And another horror franchise actually took that type of idea and ran with it. Usually it happens a lot of times later in horror franchises, but another one that did this, Final Destination. I don't know if a lot of people realize it or not, but Final Destination 2, I believe, is a comedy. It's kind of weird that I would laugh at all the destruction going on, but it's definitely not meant to be taken seriously. And I think Gremlins 2 is not meant to be taken seriously. That prime example was Phoebe Cates with her additional monologue scene. It copies what was done in the first movie, however, it makes fun of it, and I think it's great. Another prime example here as far as all the fun that is to be had with this movie is the fourth wall break. And that's where it looks like the gremlins have destroyed the film and it shows people complaining that the movie is no longer playing. And initially it's designed to feel like the gremlins are there in the theater with you. It's a really funny scene and I love the fact that a woman comes screaming out of the theater saying, it's worse than the first one. So it could be that she was not impressed with the first movie and she was saying, hey, this is actually a worse movie than the first one, or it's worse as far as its violence than the first one, which I think it kind of is more violent than the first film, even though it's more cartoony here. But in this scene, we also get a cameo from Hulk Hogan. And I do know there's two different versions of this scene. My preferred version is the one here that's on the Blu-ray that actually looks like it's the theater one. But there's also the VHS tape version, and I believe that deleted scene is usually on the DVDs and Blu-rays of Gremlins 2. But when it was released on home video, it actually got all staticky and everything, and it featured a scene with John Wayne. So there's two different variations on this exact scene. Both are fun but I definitely prefer the Hulk Hogan scene. And considering I was a Hulk Hogan fan in WWF, because that's what it was at the time, I was a fan of that back in the day. And I was very disappointed when I got Gremlins 2 as a rental and found out that Hulk Hogan was not in it. Instead, it was John Wayne who was shooting at the Gremlins and whatnot. It's still cool. I mean, I, I like both, but I definitely prefer the Hulk Hogan one the best. There's almost a gag in every single scene of this movie. There's some sort of joke going on, and it's something I can definitely appreciate because it never takes itself seriously, and it doesn't expect you, the audience, to take it seriously. What it does feel like, though, is a big, massive middle finger to anybody that enjoyed or loved the first movie, and that's one reason why this one here actually isn't loved very much by Gremlins fans. A lot of people don't realize that it's a movie that Joe Dante probably didn't want to make if I'm remembering the story correctly. And I think that he agreed to do Gremlins 2 if he was able to have full creative control this time. And this is by a director that usually doesn't get a chance to stress his style very much. But he loves the Looney Tunes and classic cartoons and stuff like that. He enjoys all of that. And the first Gremlins film incorporated some of the Looney Tunes nature, such as some of the sound effects and even a cameo by Chuck Jones in the original Gremlins. 
Here in Gremlins 2, Chuck Jones is actually listed as a co-director with Joe Dante. I don't think he actually directed any of the on-screen antics. However, he did do the initial Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck animation as well as the ending animation, and it's a lot of fun. I really appreciate the fact that Joe Dante made with these two Gremlins films. He made essentially live-action Looney Tunes cartoons where the second one is definitely apparent with that. Another thing that needs to be talked about, special effects guy Chris Wallace was not available for the second one. He did the special effects on the first Gremlins film, and he also did the special effects in David Cronenberg's The Fly remake. But with Chris Wallace not being available, they got somebody that is incredibly awesome to do the special effects here, and that is Rick Baker. I don't know if you guys know who Rick Baker is, but he did the special effects in An American Werewolf in London. He also did the effects in Men in Black, Harry and the Hendersons, a whole bunch of other things. I think that Gremlins 2 is probably one of his best achievements. And he really gave a lot of the Mogwais and Gremlins here, he gave them a lot of personality. And I believe that's why he decided to take the job here to do the special effects because he really wanted to add some personality to everything and not copy anything that Chris Wallace did. He didn't, but yet it still feels like they fit within the Gremlins world. We have all kinds of unique Gremlins as well as unique Mogwais. I think the Gremlins are really cool, especially the fact that we have a Bat Gremlin, we have a Spider Gremlin, we have an Intellectual, we have a female gremlin. There is a whole bunch of different ones and they're amazing with the way that they seem like they have their own personality and their own unique look. I really like the back gremlin, especially when he flies out of the lab. When he does that, it actually shows a Batman logo. And again, that's just another example of how much fun they were having there on set as far as including things like that. Even when the back gremlin gets covered in cement and everything and winds up flying up to the top of the cathedral and winds up becoming a gargoyle, it's hilarious with the way it's done. Some of this personality that's added to the gremlins also carried on to some of the music that they use. For example, when you get the debut of the spider gremlin, you hear Slayer's Angel of Death playing and I would have never thought that I would have heard Slayer in a PG-13 film. But sure enough, you got that here, and it fits perfect. This is a movie that also plays with some of the things from the first film, such as the Futtermans. I'm pretty sure that the Futtermans died in the first one. I don't see that there was any way that they would be able to survive what happened to them in the first film. However, in Gremlins 2, they're alive and well. They even address it. It's a quick one second addressing of it, but the fact that they got Dick Miller and Jackie Joseph back as the Futtermans is pretty great. It's just funny that they're like, oh, it's the snowplow nearly ran us over. And that's it. That's how they address it. But with all the ridiculous stuff going on in Gremlins 2, I don't think it's too far to stretch your imagination that they survived. I think it's awesome too because Dick Miller is one of those actors that's always one of those, hey, I've seen that guy in 
and you usually can't place your finger on it, but he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in, of course, Gremlins and Gremlins 2, uh, The Terminator. He's in Chopping Mall. He's just in a ton of films, and he's only in them for maybe a couple minutes or so, but yet it's fun to see him show up. Another bit of fun casting is actually Christopher Lee and also actor Robert Prosky, who you may know from some other things, such as Last Action Hero and such, but he plays a character here that's a lot of fun because he is a television host and he looks like Grandpa Munster from the Munsters. Another thing that is awesome about Dante's casting here because he decides to incorporate a lot of things from I'm assuming his childhood that he loved but here with Gremlins 2 as this episode is going on we leave it on a little bit of a sad note because Gremlins 2 actually led to the death of the Gremlins franchise audiences did not like this movie critics were not very kind to it either and well it's one of those films that I think it's definitely improved over age. And I think if people go back and rewatch this movie, I think they'll be pretty impressed with what they see. Even if you don't like this film, I think some of the chaos that's going on is pretty incredible that they were able to pull this off back in 1990. I do have my own Gremlins 2 story and well, I remember when I saw it as a kid, I did not like it nearly as much as the first film. I was pretty disappointed. I remember my mom said, yeah, it wasn't that good. And my godmother, who was my mom's best friend, I remember she said about it, she didn't like it too much either. But we all went to the movie and it's a good memory that I have, even though I remember I didn't like it very much when I was a kid. However, when I did rewatch it a couple years back as an adult, and, well, just a week ago as well, I think this movie's brilliant. I think it's absolutely incredible what Joe Dante pulled off, and this is a prime example of a director that wanted to subvert expectations, just like Ryan Johnson. However, there's a difference. Ryan Johnson made a crappy Star Wars film. Joe Dante made a great Gremlins film that I think is just as good as the original, if not maybe even a little bit better. Even though I do love the first Gremlins film and I love this one, it's actually tough for me to think about, I don't know, which one I like better. But Gremlins 2, I think, really stands on its own and is just as good as the first film. This is one of those sequels that definitely deserves a rewatch and it deserves a second opinion. This movie is not the first movie and it never set out to be the first movie. The only place that it fails is if we're gonna go and watch the first Gremlins and expect the exact same movie. But if you're gonna get the exact same movie, why don't you just watch the first movie? I am still holding out hope that someday we might get an actual Gremlins 3. I wouldn't want to have anybody else at the helm for directing uh, other than Joe Dante. I don't think any other director would be able to really capture that. The only one that I can think of as far as some of the crazy camera movements and things would be Sam Raimi. 
and we all know that he would most likely not do such a thing. But the only reason I think that he would be a good fit for a possible Gremlins 3 is only because of the different camera angles and some of the cartoony elements that Gremlins 2 and also some of the elements of Sam Raimi's films would actually work and fit. There is some hope though as far as Gremlins and in the future. There is a prequel cartoon show coming up. I'm not looking forward to that at all. It's going to be on HBO Max and I know Joe Dante was actually hands-on involved with this cartoon. I don't think I'm going to enjoy it, but I will watch it just because I simply love the franchise. I have good memories attached to both Gremlins films and I really want a third film or some sort of soft reboot. They can go ahead and reboot this, but I want it to be within the continuity of the original films. So if you've never seen Gremlins 2, or if you simply hate Gremlins 2, I highly recommend going back and rewatching it. I think you might be pleasantly surprised, especially, especially if you go in not expecting the first film. But with that, I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. You can also catch up on some past episodes at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can also drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. This is also a part of the WTF block. On Wednesdays, you have one of our co-hosts from In Our Honest Opinion, Marvin. He has his own show, and that's Buddy Talks. He has a new episode that comes out every Wednesday. You have In Our Honest Opinion, which is our main podcast, which is currently on hiatus, but will be back soon. And that comes out on Thursdays. Of course, you know, mine comes out on Fridays. And there you have it. It's the WTF block. The last thing that I have for you guys, if you do have a free moment, please leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice, as that will allow me to keep continuing to make some awesome episodes for you guys. And with that being said, remember, do not feed your mogwai after midnight or get it wet. Good night.